0: What's going on everybody, Zach Rosenblatt finally back with Mike K for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show, but on a little mini vacation, although I was working, I was out in Miami for the Super Bowl, Mike was doing his thing back here, but we're back. How's it going everyone? How's it going Mike?
1: I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, many blessings. (laughs) You you said finally back with Mike K and I was like... Do we really feel that way? Finally back, period. Mike K. <laughs> oh, there we go. That was good. That's a little bit better. Remember, we're supposed to hate each other on this podcast. Supposed to, yes. Yes, supposedly and supposed to. So, yeah, it's been a while. And you know what? Surprisingly, there's been nothing going on. I know. Really. There really I mean, hasn't
0: been any. Like, there's been... Basically, so, the, only things, the main things that have been going on is that the Eagles haven't been able to get any of the offensive coordinator candidates that they reportedly wanted. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, I can't remember... Like exactly when our last podcast happened, but like Graham Harrell, they talked to, and he decided to stay at USC. We so we don't know the dynamic of if they even were going to offer or whatever, but the news is out there that these guys are pulling back. So him, uh, James Raven, Urban, James Urban, and also the receivers coach uh, Bobby Ingram, who we had, did talk about on the previous pod, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Kafka was like the popular name, who I thought made a lot of sense, and it kind of because they were waiting so long, and the Super Bowl is happening. Like it, he seemed like the guy, and then. Reportedly, the Chiefs already said, no, you're not talking to our guy. Uh, and then it sounds like Michael Floor was another name that was floated. He's on the 49 ers staff. He's the like passing brother. game coordinator. He signed an extension, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. that happened. happen? Yep. Um, Jim Caldwell, it seems like, was never actually a candidate based on the way things... Because he's a guy that's out there, so if they wanted to hire him, they would have. Right, you know? yep. So that what that has left us with is, number one, it's either going to be Press Taylor... Or it feels like the other option is either Mike McDaniel on the 49ers, if they give him permission to interview him. Do they need permission?
1: So, he's the run game coordinator. They don't have an offensive coordinator by uh, title because LaFleur is the passing game yeah, yeah, coordinator. Yeah, like those
0: two are the And
1: then Shanahan calls the plays. So, technically, this would be a step up because he would be the sole... Yeah. The sole offensive coordinator, if if he wanted to come here anyway, right? And when you hear run game coordinator, you're thinking, wait, but Jeff Stoutland and Deuce handle the run game coordinators. Well, it's funny you should question that. Uh, McDaniel's background is actually with wide receivers. He was a wide receivers coach for the Browns. He was a wide receivers coach for the Redskins. He's basically. A, pu- a, a traveling pupil of Kyle Shanahan. He's been with him for a while. He's, I believe, thirty. He's only 36. Yeah, right? he's, he's pretty 36 young. years old. He looks way younger than that. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um,
0: um, but yeah, so it would be him and the other name that has been floated is Press Taylor, which it feels like uh, is like the... They're doing that because they can't get anyone else higher, and I think that would be very uninspiring. We we can get into those two guys, but the like it, it's weird how it's taking this long. The idea that they're waiting for the super bowl it seems like the most obvious reason why and maybe it was mcdaniel or someone we're not thinking about or maybe it's a college coach that they're trying to, like he's trying to figure out his recruiting first and then he's coming here like those would be the, i don't know who that would be because clearly it's not graham harrell but like what, what, do you, what do you make of how long they're taking do you think it's a super bowl thing
1: so initially i thought it was really smart and responsible to take time because part of the reason why they were in this mess in the first place is they promoted micro almost instantly offensive coordinator uh the last time around then when you look at the coaching staff changes last year they made basically those changes 10 days after they got eliminated from the playoffs so i thought taking taking the patient approach was smart um while urban and harrell both stepped out of the race that doesn't necessarily mean they did it because they didn't want the job and the eagles wanted them for the job that said though the logic here of, you know, maybe being interested in Michael LaFleur, maybe being interested in Kafka and not having the opportunity to hire them, it's a little odd to me. If you're waiting this long, your candidate better be in the Super Bowl. And if you, your candidate is in the Super Bowl and they don't want the job, you better have a really good backup plan. And a really good backup plan to me is not Press Taylor. Um, and I, I just,
0: that that would not go over well with the locals either, I don't
1: think. No, it wouldn't. Look. It's not
0: that important, but... The
1: no, <laughs> you right. I didn't think Chris <clears throat> Taylor should have been fired. I also didn't think Mike Groh necessarily... This might get me some heat, but Mike Groh... I was up and down. Like I was 50-50 on that. I think for, it was probably in the best interest for him and probably the best interest for Doug Peterson for them to split ways, but when you look at the actual... Look, the Eagles finished 7th and 11th in, in, in passing offense the past two years. That's top 15, if my math serves correctly correctly you know what i mean so like they were in the top half of the league it wasn't like he was absolutely abysmal um that said though if you're hiring press taylor and you're promoting him then you're clearly signifying that micro is the clear problem in that room because you've had access to press taylor's mind for the last you know couple well he was involved with several philly, years he was involved
0: with the philly special play is what everybody that's
1: the lore around him right I mean, Which is weird because the Bears ran it, I believe, when Mike Rowe was still there, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, whatever. Um, I just... Yeah, it's uninspiring. I don't think, like... I'm not saying it's a bad hire because we don't really necessarily know how much he worked in there. Carson did have a 69.3% completion percentage his first year working with him um, and took a step back this year. But I just don't know how you sell that to a fan base who doesn't want to rebuild, who wants to continue to win. The window is still open despite all the changes that they could potentially make and probably will make. I just kind of don't understand why you would just go with the status quo.
0: I should say another story that came in the stretch between our last podcast was uh, that they had broached the idea to Josh McCown of being on the coaching staff, and it sounds like probably from offensive coordinator, which would have been a pretty bonkers uh, leap from – Player to offensive coordinator. I. I mean, I've talked about how good of a coach I think McCown will be. It sounds like he's still thinking about playing, which is pretty wild considering that dude retired last year and tore his hamstring up and all that. But like, what? What? I don't know. Maybe if they if they promote Press Taylor, the, it's the the idea is they're bringing Josh McCown in as QB coach or something like. Um, that's, the only, that's the only scenario I could see that playing out where it's like... Well, and even that then, I'm kind of like... Well, then you're getting even less experience on the staff. Well,
1: yeah. well, to me, Josh McCown's essentially been a quarterback's coach for the last three years. The two years, I mean, he, he spent time with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Or Sorry, the last two years. He spent the rookie season with, uh, with Sam Darnold, and now he's here. And he was basically that this year. So was Press Taylor. Press Taylor's only been a quarterback's coach for two years. So to me, I'd actually almost rather have Josh McCown as an offensive coordinator at this point. He understands every aspect of the offense. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know how you sell this one. And maybe it means that Carson Wentz is getting more power within the organization. Obviously, he and Press Taylor have a very good relationship. I just, like, think about the ramifications of this, okay? So not only are you going to need to hire a new... Uh, quarterbacks coach but if you're deuce Staley yeah and you've been passed, passed over for him yeah. for this job twice by guys who have just as much experience and are as, on staff also yeah. right it's just like to me I, I, I like i don't know when when are you gonna grow you know what i mean and uh, so i think you're creating some really big obstacles for yourself you, you know talent aside right hire aside it's it's very interesting
0: and so the other rumblings and so i've heard similarly about the one job about matt burke Seemingly going to defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like that. That feels like just Jim Schwartz moving his friend up to a better position. He doesn't even have a background really in coaching defensive line besides being a coordinator. Um, and the other one is uh, marquan Manuel. Is that how you say Manuel? It? Manuel uh, likely is going to be hired as the defense. They haven't announced anything. He's likely going to be hired as defensive backs coach. There hasn't been any noise about the receivers coach position. Well, I think that's going to um, probably depend. It's going to be tied to the offensive coordinator, but yeah. um, what do you make of Manu- Manuel and or Burke? So let's start with
1: Manuel. So, former defensive coordinator has worked at a lot of cover three defenses. The Eagles like to run cover three, they like to run cover two. He's very familiar with it. He had an eight year playing career, played at UF with Leto Shepard, who I talked to. Uh, last week about him and Lito said that Marquand even as a college player was basically the most deliberately prepared player that he's ever been around like he is all about you know the process and the results and sounds like a really smart hire from you know I everybody knows I was pretty high on Dwayne Walker as a teacher But Marquand's got playing experience with Jim Schwartz and his defense. He played for him in Detroit his final year in the league in 2009. I think that's important. I think that helps with the player relationships and the player um, relatability. So I think think it's a good hire. And plus, you know, if Schwartz decides to leave next year after the final year of his deal, you've got a built-in replacement in in Manuel who had two years in Atlanta, one really good year, one really mid-year. But he's proven that he can develop talent in the backfield you look at uh, ricardo allen you look at uh desmond Trufant had some of his better years under him um there are guys in that atlanta secondary that have played well he was in seattle with the legion of boom when they won their super bowl uh worked with richard sherman worked with byron maxwell worked with guys that he helped elevate and so i think having him around with tim hauck is a smart move uh With Matt Burke, I've talked to some former players of his, and he is universally appreciated. Uh, He's a guy who's really well-liked in the Eagles locker room, um, and his players with the Dolphins said that he is very, very straightforward. He will tell you, if you do something wrong, this is what you did wrong, here's how we're going to correct it. He'll take the extra time to show you how to get better as well. And I think that that helps, especially from the defensive line perspective. You know, you see guys move to, to different position groups all the time. He's he's obviously aware of all the jobs on the defense because of his background as a defensive coordinator and his longtime, uh, you know, relationship with Jim Schwartz. So I think that helps in that facet if that's the move that they make.
0: Yeah. Uh, I imagine, that, I think that seems like they'll probably announce everything at once is my guess, right? When they finally do make these, decisions. yeah, it'll all come at once. Yeah, um, and then the other staff news that just came today actually is that the Eagles are making more changes on their medical staff. They let go of uh, their director of high performance and their director of rehabilitation. I think one of them came in when Chip Kelly was here. Yeah, Holes um, came in
1: when when Chip was yeah, here. Yeah, Chip was here. He's like the he's like a
0: sports science type guy. Um, mm-hmm. Three st- three straight years where they've revamped the medical staff. Who knows that there'll be more changes. Uh, it's, it's starting to seem more and more like maybe they shouldn't have made the initial ones they, they did after the Super Bowl. Cause things sure. have only gotten worse since then. I don't really know what the answer is here. This isn't something we can even – it's hard to even, like, analyze without being behind the scenes. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the last two years they've been maybe the most injured team in yep. the NFL. And something needs to happen. I don't know if it's within the staff. You need to come up – they need to come up with some sort of consistency in this regard. But I don't really know what – what we can add to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the soft tissue injuries have been a problem. You look at the guys who suffered that this year and they lingered, you know, Jordan Howard, um, uh, Ronald Darby, Sidney Jones, Darren Sproles had two separate issues with the hip flexor. Um, there was clearly a foot injury like epidemic as well. You know, literally they lost their three starting defensive tackles, Three of three of the guys that started games, the defensive tackle and Tim Jernigan, Malik Jackson, and Hassan Ridgeway, all the separate foot injuries, um, and you know maybe some. It was just time for new new blood in there. Um, I, I saw John McMullen of the um, a couple of different stations uh, in in Jersey. He reported that Jalen Mills said that. He had a really good relationship with Monsari. Um, I forgot what her title was. But was
0: Director of Rehabilitation. I yeah, believe,
1: yeah, he said that she did a really good job with his foot injury, said she didn't rush him
0: back, said he didn't rush... Yeah, Director of Rehabilitation.
1: Yeah, he wasn't rushed back, <clears throat> and um, I think that's good. I mean, that's great and everything, but they did hire a new chief medical officer who was brought in to observe the staff and then make his recommendations. Clearly, his recommendations led to the lack of renewal of these two contracts.
0: Yep, uh, that'll be something else to keep an eye on. Um, okay, let's see. I guess another kind of newsy-ish thing that happened uh, in Miami was Malcolm Jenkins uh, spoke to a radio station out there, and he like went out of his way to point out that he felt like it's just been really quiet on the front of his new contract, and that, um, where's the quote? here it is. Honestly, I was hoping something would get done during the season. It didn't. I really didn't let it bother me. I continued to play, didn't complain, even though you go through every game without security, you are taking a risk, especially everyone else getting hurt, especially with everyone else. So he's like emphasizing how durable he is. How durable he is and how he thought something was going to happen like maybe we're just re- I'm reading too much into this, but that this doesn't like improve my percentage chance that he's going to be back here next year. I don't think-, think it
1: makes me think he's not I don't think you're reading into it all that. All. I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, think you're reading. Malcolm it to- says what he's thinking a lot of with the kind of stuff. Yeah, he's pretty transparent. Um, like, do you come out of that thinking that okay,
0: I don't know about this, or do you think the Eagles are just taking their time? I don't. I mean, I don't know what they're waiting for. I,
1: I, yeah, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't think he's definitely gone, but I, it's yeah. definitely not looking good. Um, he's a guy who has made a major impact in Philadelphia and New Jersey throughout his time here. And I just, I mean, I think it would be a really illogical decision to simply say, yeah, we're not interested in getting something done. That said, everybody has their walking away price. And Malcolm and the Eagles certainly have theirs. And, you know, maybe it doesn't work out. But if that's the case, every thing that I've been told is that Rodney McLeod's expected to have a pretty decent market so uh, if you have to replace both safeties, I think safety actually becomes your biggest need even before cornerback and, and wide receiver and so you you know it's just like we said with press Taylor you're opening up a bunch of spots this you're gonna have to rebuild the secondary unless you're bringing back Jalen Mills as the free safety. Which,
0: Even then, that's like still rebuilding it because it's right. basically playing a completely new position, so it, it's like a new player.
1: And we talked about Manuel. I actually think Manuel's hiring now and and Unlem leaving is actually coming at the right time because you're going to rebuild yeah. the secondary with and the that new DB coach's new guys, yeah. image. Yeah. Um,
0: and, and also with Mills... He's said many times that he wants to play corner. So if he has other offers, he won't resign here. If they tell him he's, gonna, they're gonna move over. Right. Yeah. To me,
1: I don't think he's going to have a ton of offers. I, there, there's this sediment that he's going to cash in. But I, I, I mean, unless he's going to Detroit and playing opposite Darius Slay, or they trade Darius Slay, I, I can't imagine.
0: Yeah. Well, Corey Unlin there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine the market's ginormous. That said, though, I think Ronald Darby's gone. I think Roddy McLeod will price himself out of the Eagles' range. And so, if you're bringing in new safeties. You're probably going to want to swing for the fences in Anthony Harris, is my guess. Because you cannot go into the draft needing two new safeties. You just can't. Um, and this is a decent safety class from what I understand. But still, bad beat. Bad beat if you're letting both those guys go. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, like,
0: so most of the mock drafts have either had the Eagles taking a receiver or a corner, which isn't very surprising because it seems like this is a good draft for both of those positions, especially receiver um as we sit here few old well, combine is at the end of this month like what where, where do you think the, what's the direction you think the eagles take do you think they trade up by the way a lot of people have projected that
1: yeah i do think they'll be aggressive if you look at what howie Rosen's done in the past is if he likes a guy in the first round he's definitely going to go after him they traded up for fletcher cox they traded up for obviously carson wentz they traded up for andre dillard um what helps them is the comp picks and the fact that the Jordan Howard situation played out the way it did, because now they're they're projected to have two fifth-round picks and then two fourth-round picks. They can afford to deal, right, right, two, two fifth-round picks and two fourth-round picks? Yeah, because they're getting the, the fifth-round pick from the Patriots. Yeah. So they'll have two fifth-round picks and two fourth-round picks. Those fourth—the extra fourth and the extra fifth, I think you can package— um, to get a deal done, you know, to move up a few, a few spots down the road. Um, In the first round, you have to hit that first round pick, especially this year. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be a situation, uh, Dane Brugler, we were just talking off air about it uh, from the athletic, had them trading up to 18, trading the 21st overall pick, a fourth round, a fifth round pick to get to 18 to draft, uh, 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 Brandon. Yeah, I don't know how to say his last name. Ayuk. Ayuk. Ayuk.
0: Yeah, from ASU. Like I told you, just based on everything I've read, it that seems like unnecessary, but maybe he's better liked among the NFL community than right. like, the draft community.
1: And and with that said, too, he had Rugs, Lamb, and Judy mm-hmm. off the board. So
0: Rugs would be the the dream scenario,
1: right? Which ESPN's Tom say just yeah, there's no mocked way he's him. Yeah, there's 21. He's not falling. No way. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, I shouldn't say no way because receivers don't generally get picked as high as well, they used to. But and
1: it's a deep class, so yeah. you can wait. Yeah. The problem is, and it's it's the same way with cornerback. The drop off between the top five wide receivers and the top three cornerbacks is pretty lofty. You can still find starters elsewhere, but if you like, if you're looking
0: if, for like a day one contributor guy,
1: right? Like, if you're looking at C.J. Anderson or uh, Trevon Diggs, those are probably the second and third best corner in the draft. After that, there's a decent drop-off, it seems like, just based on what I've read and based on what I've heard. Um, at wide receiver, you know, once those top three guys go off the board, you're looking at T. Higgins, Brendan Ayuk, and, and Justin Jefferson, probably. Um, or LaVisca. I, I, yeah. I've watched uh, five of the top six guys, Jalen Rager, C.D. Lamb, Brendan Ayuk, uh, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs and T. Higgins. All those guys can ball. Uh, uh, Jalen Rager is a guy who's building a lot of clout within Eagles Twitter. I like him. He reminds me of Santonio Holmes. Uh, I've seen him go to the Eagles in some mock drafts, but then again, like Ayuk, I see him in the second round as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. If both safeties leave, I think they look at LSU safety, Grant Delpit. Uh, I also think
0: that dude from Alabama, that's supposed to be pretty good too.
1: Yeah, Xavier McKinney. Yeah. Yeah, he's a guy that I, I did a mock draft a couple of weeks ago, uh, had trades. I had them trading up uh to pick 31 to draft him uh like a, a, an additional
0: first round right record, yeah
1: but. because they're gonna have they're gonna have that fourth if they stay put at 21 they can you know jump and use the fourth to kind of get they, up there. or if
0: they trade malcolm
1: <laughs> right yeah i mean there is that opportunity i was actually going to bring that up um so he did an interview with chris long and i don't know he didn't say anything about being traded but the whole time i was thinking you know he's got one year left on his deal If the team really wants him yeah
0: i mean he's a guy that for especially like a young team that needs secondary help or something, like you can give him the contract and make him like the centerpiece of your secondary.
1: I actually wonder if San Francisco would be a good spot for him, uh, given the the way their safeties played uh, the other night. Um,
0: There'd be interest, I think I don't know what the since he only has the one year and they'd have to pay, they'll probably reduce. The yeah, value. you're trade.
1: You're trading no. Yeah, yeah. You're probably giving him a fourth round pick. Yeah, right? but
0: instead of cutting him, like he, the Eagles would take that. Right. Um, I wonder how much money they save from that. i look.
1: So. You know, we've talked about all this. Another guy who is going to be looking for work elsewhere is uh, Falcons' former All Pro, Vic Beasley. The Falcons surprisingly came out and said, Hey, we're not going I to know pursue. Have you ever seen that before? I haven't. And I talked to uh, a couple of their people in their media department. Uh, it's pretty transparent and pretty progressive for uh, an I wonder.
0: I wonder if that was like. For
1: like an agent relationship or something like so
0: they talk to him like we'll just put it out there that we're not to help your negotiations elsewhere I, like, I,
1: don't, I don't yeah really I, know. I mean i didn't really understand the strategy i mean, they tried to explain it i didn't really yeah. understand but um, I mean,
0: but I was, that actually ties in like I, I was actually thinking about watching that super bowl like the amount of like money and resources that both the chiefs and the 49ers invested in pass rushers like the eagles pass rush just is not good enough so i'm, I'm wondering if Maybe that's an underrated goal they have this offseason that we're not thinking about. That, this, this, this is a really good free agency class for passers. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the draft. It doesn't seem like there's very many edge rushers that are being projected high. I think Correct. there's like one that's like for sure like a first-round pick. But So you have like guys like Jadavian Clowney, um, Yannick Ngakwe, who I imagine will get franchise tagged. You know better ye- than that. Ye- and there are, yeah. there'll be other teams who would offer him more anyway. Yeah. Um, there's Matthew Judon from the Ravens. Um, Shaq mm. Baird will get franchise tagged. Uh, there was another one that's... Oh, Marcus Golden from the from the Giants. Yeah, Juden
1: and, and Golden aren't really great fits. Yeah, yeah, they're more 3-4. But, like, I don't
0: know, I, I just I just watched that thing. Like, the Eagles love drafting and getting pass rushers and defensive linemen whenever they can. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't look past the idea of them either drafting a defensive tackle in the first round or spending a lot of making their top target a defensive end instead of Byron Jones.
1: So the logic with Vic Beasley leaving is I think yeah, – Vic
0: Beasley. I, I think
1: is. they think he's kind of a middling talent a little bit. He had eight sacks this season. Yeah, but, which is good. But six and a half in the last eight games, which is good. It would be good for second best on the Eagles. Uh, only Brandon Graham had eight and a half sacks more – or had more sacks at eight and a half. Um he'd be a really good fit for the wide nine. I wonder if he would be willing to go somewhere, take like a one-year, nine to $10 million deal as a prove-it deal and and kind of try to work his way. Because I think he's a better pass, natural pass rusher than Derek Burnett.
0: And, and he wouldn't have to be the main guy here either. Right. Because um, you're going to rotate a ton. And, and he kind of falls into the formula of the guys they should be targeting, which we've talked about, is like what they did in 2016 is getting guys who are 26, 27 in the prime of their careers – you can commit to them for a couple of years. years. Like, maybe he won't be a star. I don't think they expected Rodney McLeod or Nigel Bradham or Brandon Brooks to be, especially Brooks, to be as good as they were. So, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of be- Beasley coming here. Yeah, I think it all matters about price. Yeah, but the, the, thing the is, pass rushers
1: make a lot of money So, now. But here's the reason why you could pursue him. So, you don't have to pick up Derek Barnett's fifth-year option until May. Signing Beasley allows you some wiggle you, room. It yeah, protects you if he's not good again or not good enough. Right, maybe you sign basically do a two-year deal, and if and and basically it's a competition between Graham and 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 or er, sorry and uh, Barnett to see who sticks around, because Bar, uh, Graham's got two years left on his deal. Vinnie Curry's going to hit the free agent market. You're going to have room for an extra DN. While I really like Josh Sweat, you got to cover your bases and look. Vic Beasley's a guy who is three years removed from an all-pro season where he had 15 and a half sacks. I mean, you like that potential. I believe the Eagles were interested in him during the draft. He just went top eight, so it's, like, difficult to kind of get up there. But to me, that's the type of move you make if you want to buy low, get a guy that can come in here. Look, he's a little undersized. He's a little lanky. He's... I mean, a he's lot like Josh 20, Sweat. He's 27 years old. Yeah, he's 27. 6'3", 246. Yeah, I, he's not huge. I do think there's... Well, but he's shorter, and yeah, that yeah. fits into the model, really. Yeah. Um, I do think there's some concern about how much he loves football, based on what I've been told. Uh, and I do think he's a guy who's very streaky. Sound familiar? Basically everyone. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, not, not the lack of football, but the streaky uh, pass rushing. Um, look, Brandon Graham's a guy who should play at a high level for two more years and then call it a career, but they need to, um, they need to prepare themselves moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even just talking to this podcast, it's
0: becoming clear that they've, they're, they're a little bit farther away from being a Super Bowl contender than everybody seems to think they are. Yeah. There's a lot of work to be done. They they need to hit on their draft picks and they need to hit on other free agents, which they haven't done the last two years.
1: Right. And when they did, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. You know, exactly. so it's, it, it really like is. They, that. they have
0: a really good core for sure. They have the quarterback. They have the running back. They have, probably they have the offensive line. It depends on how that looks next year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Fletcher Cox. The rest is kind of a question mark. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. Uh, I think that we can wrap up there. Um, We should congratulate Andy Reid on winning the Super Bowl. There's not really much that we can add that nobody else already has. I I was out there for the Super Bowl. It was a pretty cool moment for sure. Um, Andy, as as I predicted internally, and I mentioned to people, he made a joke about eating cheeseburgers after winning that game. He said he was going to get a double cheeseburger with extra cheese.
1: He also made a couple of really incredible wife jokes he did, throughout yeah. the weekend. Um, it's
0: very on brand
1: for him. Yeah, he is—he's a role model, sir. You know what? Like, he's a guy that. What if he? Like, I don't think he's going to retire. I think there's a lot no. of coaching left in him, but like,
0: especially now that he has Mahomes, he's going to
1: stick this out. Of yeah, I mean, right yeah, you got to stick with it. But, um, oh wow, the Jaguars just hired Trent Bulky as their new director of player personnel because they had moved on from Chris Polian who, by the way, I could see being of interest to the Eagles if it, as Andrew Barry's potential replacement. Um, that's not a report. It's just he's got the experience that it would make sense. All right. We'll,
0: uh, we'll end on that note. Uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. Make sure you sign up for Eagles Extra. It's the, getting into the offseason, so that'll be where we give you the juiciest stuff. Um, it's on our website. Mike's been tweeting out links. So check that out and uh, leave us a comment and write us some reviews and we'll start getting into that this offseason. We'll, we're going to be trying to do a one a week if we can. If not, you know, we're going to do as many as we can this offseason. It just depends on when we can link up. But we're looking that was for- really convincing, <laughs> We're going to be doing a lot. Uh, we're looking forward to it. This offseason should be an interesting one for the Eagles. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon.